0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. We have made it to another game week, and Joel, much more engaged today. Braves up 1-0. He's, he, he. We are about an uh, hour and 15 away from first pitch today. Going to lock it up today, I can feel it. It's, it's just best of three, right? It's best of three, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. They so went, it's done. Went, hadn't,
1: hap- hadn't happened in 19 years, but they hadn't won a game one in 19 years. So why not go ahead and just let's, go ahead and, just, and exercise all the so
0: demons? When's the last time they won a series? So 2001. 2001? Yes, division series. Okay. Yeah. Who are they losing the NLCS to? The Diamondbacks? Yes. I still know a little sports. All right. This is the year. Did the Dodgers win last night? They did, four to two. Son of a. But tonight, mm-hmm. Woodruff. That's right. He'll, he'll, he'll he, lock it gonna down. He's going to even it up. Me. I got Brandon Woodruff and Will Salmon working this for me. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. All right. Thanks to all our sponsors. Thanks, to you guys, for tuning in, first and foremost. Over at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcast, want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Joel, if Joel, if the Braves had lost that game yesterday, Joel might have had three coffees just to try to somehow settle his nerves.
1: Yeah, you you never did respond. Uh, I I was needing you to use some of your seven for me yesterday. Oh,
0: first off, you know me well enough to know that I I burn through my seven before 10 a.m. most days. I was going to say before 10? Yeah. Depends on what time I get up. (laughs) (laughs) If I get up around eight. You know, we're okay. I've been getting up earlier because I gotta take the kids. I take both kids to school now. That is a process, by the way. It takes an hour to take two children to school who live in the same city. Yeah, well, yeah, I do the same.
1: But luckily, my kids are at the same
0: place. Yeah, mine are not. Uh,
1: but but they they like you know, they like to wander and. So your so your, so your problem is. While.
0: So here's the difference between you and me. Your children require effort. To get to the to the school. Yes, I have to herd them. Mine don't the- require the effort. Like they they get themselves dressed, they fix their own lunch. All I got to do is get them to the school. Yours but is getting yours around is, the town. Yours, once you have them in the car, you're a five minute drive. Yes, mine is. I got to go from one from my house to the other end of town to drop one off, and her drop off time is so much earlier than the other ones. I got to come back to the house to get the other one and then go to the next school. So yeah, about an hour worth of time there. Yeah, to drop two kids off who live in the same city. They will never go to the same school. I figured that out today. Like when. And they're, the, they're what, three years apart? They, yeah, but the way it's set up, when Emily is in. When Aislin is a senior, Emily will be in ninth grade, yeah. which is at Armstrong, and Aislin will be at Startville High. They Unless they both go to the same college, they will never be on the same campus ever.
1: Awesome. Which is sort of sad. See, but my kids are all
0: two years apart, so they will. They, they'll get there, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like they'll, they'll both, never all three be together, but. I will have two together. Kyle and Cade will be together most of their most of their careers. Yeah, it
1: it will. And Cade and Chloe's only two years apart too. Yeah, same difference. That's true. So those two will kind. of... Cade will probably always have somebody. There will be
0: on the Starville High School baseball team two Colemans uh, in the year. How old is Kyle? Kyle, he's four. four. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thirteen years from twenty thirty three. Starville High School baseball book a state championship. Two (laughs) Colemans on one squad can't be beat. All right. That was a really roundabout way of saying enjoy Strange Brew Coffee. (laughs) Uh, College Corner, hey, this weekend, if you're not coming to the game, you're staying at home, you want to have a a little bit of a a tailgate at home, a home-gating party – College Corner has all the stuff you need. They've got all the tailgating supplies, the games, the banners, the flags, everything you need to deck your house out in maroon and white while your Bulldogs go to 2-0 this weekend after just whitewashing Arkansas. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. So why don't you swing by one of two College Corner locations in the Jackson area. They are in Flowood by the Half Shell. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. Or, of course, you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com and find what you are looking for in maroon and white. Advantage Business Systems wants your business working for you, and they want to work for your business. They want to help you keep your business running as smoothly as possible. They have a lot of great solutions for business. They have been working with businesses just like yours for over 45 years in this state. So call them today and find out how they can help you. 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Friday means one thing. It is time for the three P's, predictions, playmakers, I'm sorry, previews, playmakers and predictions, Mississippi State versus Arkansas. We really took a a good look, I thought, yesterday uh, at Arkansas' side of the things. Let's look at the Mississippi State side of things. Here's where I want to start. I think it's important to keep reasonable expectations for anything in this life, really. But when we talk about K.J. Costello, right, he's not going to throw for 623 yards every week. That's just not going to happen. So you want to have reasonable expectations. The problem is, now that he's thrown for 623 yards against wh- LSU, against LSU, what is a reasonable expectation? Is it 450 yards? That's almost 200 yards less. Is that a reasonable expectation? Because if it is, every one of us except for Chris Bolton were wrong about the 3500 yard passing thing. <laughs> That's
1: an excellent question. Uh If I had not seen what I saw at Baton Rouge, Mm -hmm. I would have probably said, like, a reasonable expectation is 350, probably. Now that I have seen what I saw in Baton Rouge, I think you do have to get up to where you almost expect at least 400, 450 yards. Right? Is that kind of where you're at? Yeah.
0: Like, minimum. (laughs) I expect 400. I mean, now... I don't know if I expect that game to gain, but in this game, I do. Yeah. You know, I might, I might expect 450. At yeah, if they were all in Tuscaloosa this
1: week, I don't expect 400 yards.
0: But imagine but, that, though. Imagine, if, what would you oh Let's say they played Alabama this week. What would you expect? I would project, like, 350. That is almost 300 yards less than he threw for against LSU. That's your reasonable expectation. But then again, like... That's a
1: crazy thing. But if they play LSU again, I don't think he'd throw for 623 yards, for you know?
0: 700. He wouldn't have any interceptions. <laughs> he'd break Mahomes' record. Um... So Costello is obviously. You know, there's no point in us doing offensive playmaker. Almost, it's almost. I tell you what. Never mind. We enforce. We enforce the we Dak, the Dak rule. rule. Yeah, you cannot pick KJ Costello for your offensive playmaker. Yeah. That's just going to have to go without saying because we now know everything is going to go through him. The running game is. It's gonna. I feel like it's going to be less of a thought than we even thought. All you people who spent your off season wondering about Kareem Walker, you just wasted all of your time. That guy's never going to play. No. I mean, he might, he might get five carries this year. Might. So, let's, let's talk about Costello, though. Against this Arkansas secondary, Georgia hit him up pretty good. I mean, he, Bennett was 20 for 29, which leads me to believe two things. One, he had time to throw, and he found open receivers. If you give K.J. Costello time to throw... And you let him find open receivers. Well,
1: shoot some of the throws. You might
0: he made. break six hundred and twenty-three yards. Some of the throws he made, he didn't even have to find
1: open receivers. He can just he can just fit it in there somewhere. Uh, I, I'm trying to. I mean, there, there's no way around it. That that was the most impressive first performance. You know, most impressive bulldog debut ever. Right? Could you? Is there anything that even remotely comes to mind for you? For a guy playing his first game in maroon and white, any sport, I'll, I'll let you have them all. Is there any guy or girl ever to put on maroon and white for the first time, play a game for Mississippi State, and do anything like K.J. Costello did? I think the answer to that is no.
0: I mean, you're making me think. Um, no. no. I mean, just off the top of my head, no. I mean, because it would yeah. have
1: to be either a true freshman or a transfer or yeah. something like that. yeah.
0: Somebody in their debut that you dislike. I mean, I don't remember what Dante Jones' first game at Mississippi State was like, but I know it wasn't 623 yards or whatever the equivalent. He didn't score 50. Yeah. You know, I'll put it that way. Lawrence Roberts. Lawrence Roberts' first season, you know, get there. But first game, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. This, it's the most impressive debut by a Bulldog ever. I'm going to – if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're listening, you just go ahead and get ready to, or get riled up because I'm going to say this. That's the most impressive performance by a quarterback in Mississippi history. So Archie Manning, nineteen seventy against Alabama or whatever, nineteen sixty nine against Alabama, out. I don't know when McNair had great games out. Favre had great games out. That's number one.
1: You know we keep looking at uh, Mississippi State passing records. I wonder what like the most passing yardage in a season for a Mississippi quarterback
0: is. Period. Like in the state, I think Chad. I think McNair would have it. Let me let me. I, I can if you can talk for a second. Well,
1: I, I mean. If this was a 12-game season, I would think K.J. Costello has a chance to be that guy when it's said and done. It is there not a 12-game a, season. There so. was a
0: very interesting uh, thread on Six Pack that broke down Burrow's season by SEC play. Yeah. And basically he averaged 326 yards a game passing in conference play last year. I mean, there's a it's probably going to get crushed.
1: Yeah, he's going to break that. Yeah. Um, I don't
0: even remember what the original question was here. With We're talking about the, the, what was the greatest passing season in Mississippi history. So here's McNair in 94. Let's see if I can find it. I mean, He, he threw for 4,863 400, four, 400, 4, yards. He had six 500 yards passing games. He passed for 527 yards. Okay. This is a this is a uh, forty-seven touchdown passes. Yeah,
1: that's pretty incredible.
0: That's 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 a hell of a season. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, the next guy I would look at is Willie Totten from Mississippi Valley, who you know played in that played in basically the the predecessor of the run and shoot. Yeah, with Jerry Rice. So you know you've got <clears throat> pretty you, good receiver. You've got here. that working for you. Yeah. So let's see here, Totten. As a senior, what we got here doesn't have the yardage, but he threw for fifty-eight touchdowns. Wow! In uh, nineteen eighty-four, so in the old satellite offense. So anyway, I don't know if he'll get it. So that, yeah, but... uh, he definitely, he definitely is going to have maybe the, he's going to break MSU single-season passing record. Uh, Ole Misses is over four thousand. I think Chad Kelly has. I think to be you're honest, right. Be honest with you, he's going to break that as well. So, and Southern far as, as, as much as you know, we love him as a pro, as a college quarterback, his numbers aren't particularly great. Different time and era, obviously. So of the three big schools, he's going to have the biggest season. Then it'll be up to you if you want to decide. You know, between you know McNair and Totten will have the sheer numbers, but Costello will be able to say, "Well, he did it against SEC competition." yeah so it's going to be you know there will be a lot of eye test involved in that um and then you have the receivers I, we talked last night to uh some coaches and uh we talked to steve Spurrier jr among them and i asked sort of what we've been talking about on the show it's like you know these are the guys who had the catches this week do you expect next week it could be totally different guys basically and he said yeah yeah we're going we're just going to rotate guys he said he rotated four guys and and, and you know dave nickel's going to rotate his guys and you never know, and yeah. and, and I, I thought it was sort of interesting. One thing he said was, "He that they don't they don't scheme to get a certain player a certain number of catches, but they do scheme to get certain positions. Yeah, like they go into the game saying we want the H to catch thirteen passes today, we want the the X to catch twelve, we want the Y. And I was like, I thought that was very yeah. a very interesting comment.
1: Yeah, I and, and and talking about you know Cyrus Mitchell had the big day, and he was basically saying too that. That could have just as easily been Shavers. It just happened to be Mitchell's turn to be on the field or whatever. Right? Yeah. That's kinda of interesting too. Um But it's what we've been saying all along. I don't I think it's gonna make every Friday for us as we predict playmakers difficult because so much of it I think is gonna end up being just who happens to be out there at that moment in time kind of deal. When the, like when not the really, play
0: gets... It really is, you know, they talk about like you got to be ready when your number's called. Yeah. In this offense, you do.
1: Yeah. I, I think outside of Kylin Hill, who I think is the primary running back, obviously, the other eight receiver spots, it's just going to depend on what moment in the game it is. They're, they're not really... It doesn't seem like they're running a receiver out there saying, Art, right, we got to get the ball in that receiver's hands to this play kind of deal. Um so, yeah, it'll make it tough to do that kind of stuff. But I, I thought it was interesting, too, what uh, Mealy said. I, I think you're going to see some games where State... would not one of our rumblings questions, will State rush for 100 yards in a game this year yeah. or something like that? I think that'll he, happen just because he, you he get kinda, a big play. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. But Mealy was talking last night about how there's going to you know, be some games
0: where they get the running game a little more involved. Yeah, well, there's going to be games where it rains. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is Mississippi. There's going to be a game playing a downpour at some point, and you're going to have to be able to run the ball a little bit in that game for that sure. That is going to be interesting. Because, I, I mean, it's obviously something that's crossed
1: your mind, but
0: the air raid in the rain. like, Well, it works in the snow. Yeah. I've seen it work out there. Lubbock, not a lot of rain happening in West Texas out there. Um, but, I mean, Washington, the state of, is a very rainy state, so I assume they've played games in, in those I, kind of I conditions before. um So, yeah, the the rotation of receivers in this game could be totally different in terms of, you know, who gets the production. You know, the the numbers could be reversed. We could see a week where Javante Payton has one catch for 12 yards and Austin Williams has two catches for 15 yards. And Osiris Mitchell has four catches for 60 60 yards. But Tyrell Shavers has six catches for 103. And and Malik Heath has six catches for 127. And, you know, I, I do think I agree with you. Kylan Hill will be there every week. And there could be a week where a guy like Jaquavius Marks or Dylan Johnson just catches the right pass out of the backfield it and he takes one. off for 40 yeah. or 50 yards. It's going to happen. So, it's going to be fun for us to keep up with these guys and see, you know, you know, you're going to get a feeling maybe halfway through the first quarter, like, okay, today is this guy's day. You know, cuz he's already got a couple of catches. Um, the offensive line, I mentioned in yesterday's show that I thought that the way that Arkansas was able to slow down the the Georgia running game leads me to believe that on the defensive line, they may not have any big names, but they must be pretty good up front to be able to slow that down. The question becomes, can they generate pass rush? Can they turn being you know stingy against the run into stingy against the pass? That's the question of the ball game. If, if the answer is yes, then they can make a game of it. If the question is no, they are literally going to get run off the field.
1: Yeah, and it- – Maybe it's because I'm, I'm still swayed by what I saw last week and what Mississippi State did, but it kind of feels like more of the latter. It does. Um, I'm just trying to... It, it's tough for me after seeing what happened last week. That, that has... I don't want to say tainted all of our brains a little bit, but I think now there is this perception almost that because State did that to LSU, because I kind of have it, Mm-hmm. There's no way Arkansas can stop it. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, that that, that it, is it really a very seems, fair perception, though. It, it, I guess. I guess it is, but because it, it's just that simple. It doesn't matter who take take the, the the names off, right? If Team A beats Team B, Team B, all right. Let me let me go back a little further. Team A, Team B, Team C. Team A is ranked number six preseason. Team B is not ranked but has dominated team c the last couple of years team c is recognized as one of the worst programs in the country and then team b, team b beats team a it doesn't matter who these teams are yeah you're just oh, they must they're going to kill team c so it doesn't matter so what you're saying is it's totally fair it's it's grounded in logic you know we'll have to see how it pans out now they don't play the game in my head they play it on the field so you know we we'll have to see how it goes but there's no, there's nothing wrong with just if your thought process is State's going to win this game easily. There's nothing wrong with that. All the evidence leads to it. State has dominated Arkansas basically the last decade. Last what since the last eight years, State is seven and one, or six and one. I guess haven't had it this year yet. The one year they lost was the Peter Sermon year, uh, and in that game they scored forty-two points and lost. Yeah. Um, Arkansas has not recruited well for the last four or five years. They've lost twenty straight conference games. There's no reason. To look at this game and say, well, Arkansas could give State some trouble.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you where I'm at here. You know, last week we said was a, uh, a three-outcome game mm-hmm. that really could have been a four-outcome game because State could have. Could have. Uh,
0: we, 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 we were wrong on that.
1: I, I won't give my prediction until it's time, but I'm at a point where this is
0: a one-outcome game for me. Um, yeah, there some, something would have to happen. You have to have a game where Costello throws six interceptions. Or they're they're just their state is minus six in the turnover column, then Arkansas can be in the game. Yeah, but other than that, if the teams just play and it's a relatively clean game, it seems unlikely that Arkansas would win or even really be in really it. be in the game. All right, let's talk about our playmakers for this game, and let's do that thanks to our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Let's move on into the playmakers. Welcome Home Beef, don't forget this weekend, if you're staying at home and you want to cook something good for the family, man, they've got you taken care of. How about a whole ribeye, a whole strip loin, a whole tenderloin? Really do it up this weekend. And Of course, it's going to be cold this weekend. My wife's talking about making chili, Mm. things like that. Man, that means you need to go help Welcome Home Beef for maybe a big chuck roast or some, some oxtails. Make a stew, make a chili. Make something to warm your bones. It's going to be in the 40s Saturday night. Can't wait for that. Um, Whatever you're trying to do, or of course, if you just want to keep it easy for yourself, just hit up the food truck right in front of Welcome Home Beef's University Drive location, and they can hook you up with a burger, steak, tacos, whatever it is you're looking for. you got a lot of options with Welcome Home Beef, but one thing is for sure—
1: it just tastes good.
0: I gotta finish because I didn't do the phone number. Call them at 662 268 8148 or visit them online at Facebook.com slash welcome home beef. Playmaker time, you cannot pick KJ Costello for your offensive playmaker. Who are you gonna go with?
1: I really do feel like this year we could just wad up pieces of paper and throw it in my hat and we could each pick one and we wouldn't be wrong to go with that that direction. Um i'll say i'll tell you what malik heath was basically non-existent last week maybe there will be a concerted effort to try and get him one or two or three or four or five or six or seven i'll say you have the malik heath coming out party this week at davis wade stadium i'll go malik heath i just everybody else kind of got their shine on a little bit last week he didn't uh so anyway, it'll be interesting to see if maybe K.J. looks his direction a, a, a couple of extra times this week, and maybe Malik Keith has a big day. First first big day as a Bulldog.
0: That's a good choice, and it could very easily be the case. I'm going to go a little easier. I'm going to keep it easy for myself and go with Kylan Hill. That's probably – you could do it every week. I think I'll have a couple of more carries this week. I could see him closer to 10 this week. And if that's the case, he's averaging, you know, five yards a carry. Against Arkansas, he might average six, so maybe 60, 65 yards rushing – Uh, And then maybe, you know, another 100-yard day on the ground. I'm sorry, in the air. Um, I I think that – I don't know that he'll have a 75-yard catch, but I could see him getting, you know, a bunch of 8- to 10-yard catches. I just feel like after last week – I mean, it really – it obviously is pick your poison, but I I feel like after last week, people are going to be – they're going to be so focused on the wide receivers. That they they're gonna those checkdowns are going to be available. Yeah. To KJ Costello. So uh, defensively, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a new name pop up. I, I would not have predicted Sean Preston a, a week ago for sure. Um, so for me, <sighs> Arkansas wants to run the football. Uh, that means it, it sort of starts up front. I thought Jaden Crumby was very impressive last week. Let's see if he can have two two good games in a row. I thought he was he was very solid in the middle. Got pressure. Had a, I think he had at least one sack. I know he had no he had one. He may have had more than one. Um that defensive line was good. Yeah. He, Marquis Spencer, and Kobe yeah. Jones.
1: Watching back watching that game back again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, I mean I, I saw it live, of course, but Spencer played really, really well.
0: They did. He did. Yeah, he, that that whole that whole group yeah. played well. Pickering played well when he was in. Uh yeah, I was very impressed with that with that that bunch. But Crumbity is my pick for defensive playmaker.
1: A name that we didn't say much at all um last week was Marcus Murphy. He didn't do a ton, at least not statistically. I don't think um, at, at LSU. I don't think you'll have that two weeks in a row. So maybe that's a maybe it's a cop out pick, but seeing as to how he's one of the big names on the defense, but I don't think you're going to have two weeks in a row where Marcus Murphy where you don't have a highlight or two. So uh, I'll say Marcus Murphy has a big day.
0: All right, what do you got for your X factor?
1: Uh X factor. I kind of I kind of tend to agree with you a little bit in that I think stopping the run is going to be the key to I guess state making this the blowout that I think it has the potential to be. Um, so it's hard not to go with with somebody up front. Uh, just to be different from you, I'll, I'll I'll go with an end. I've already talked about Marquis, so I'll say Kobe just to give him some shine today on the program. Uh, but the defensive line is really. I mean, if the defensive line is good again, I mean, this has blowout written all over it.
0: I'm going to go with a, a receiver. I think, I think the offense is where the X-Factors are going to be this season for sure. So, I just got to pick one, right? Let's go with Tyrell Shavers. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, think about his catches last week. He had the, he had the first touchdown, uh, and then he had that long uh, crossing route run and catch uh, in the fourth quarter, that sort of set up – I think that set up the uh, the Austin Williams touchdown that gave MSU uh, the 34-24 lead. Um, I mean, he, he looked very impressive, you know. I thought I thought he looked good. And I, I could see him I, – I sort of buy into what Spurrier is saying, that when the the play calls this week, it might be that Shavers is the guy on the field for those. Yeah. Uh, so, it won't be surprised to see six, seven catches, 100-plus yards and a touchdown after him, for, for him this week.
1: Before we get to prediction – Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about this okay. over the course of the show, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll influence my prediction, so let me get your opinion here. We One of the coaches that we spoke with on Wednesday night was Zach Arnett. Mm-hmm. He was not pleased as no. we spoke with him over the course of it, even pretty much admitted so. Do you read into that anything? Like, Do you think there's a chance that State defensively kind of maybe – the results look like they played over their head a week ago and maybe they're still that group that we thought they may be going into the season. And is that why Arnett was a little miffed last night? Is there concern there? I guess, do you read anything into into Zach Arnett's demeanor last night? Do you have any concerns about State defensively
0: going into this game? I see what you're getting at, but here's what I would say. Last weekend, last week we talked to Arnett and I, you and I both said after yeah, we, did. we talked to him, we said, that's a guy who knows his defense isn't very good. Yeah. I mean, you, I, that was his mannerism, and that was the, the tone I took from him. The body was language
1: that, and tone. Was that a
0: guy who was just resigned to his fat, the fate <laughs> that his team was going to give up a ton of points on Saturday. And then they came out and played really well. They gave up 34 points, but they played really well. no oh, Actually, they didn't give up seven of those. It was pick six. but That's true. You know what that game made me think of? Remember what Bob Shoup used to say? about defense he said you know a team could have a great game a great game defensively is just allowing enough points to win like if you played if you only give up 7 points but you lose 7 to 6 well then you, you some that somebody made the right stop at the right time but if you lose if you win 45-44 well you made the right stop at the right time you played great defense you played great enough defense to win the game that's what MSU did last week. They played great enough defense to win the game. So, yes, going back to what your question was. A week ago, I would have told you that Zach Arnett was betting on his team to not be good. They were good. I think Arnett is a smart enough guy. I think he knows what he's doing up there. I, I, I don't think that – yeah, he did look angry. He looked frustrated. He dropped a, a, little, a little profanity once. <laughs> it happened. He used one of his seven. But, no, I, I don't take anything away from that. So, I, I think that – He's a coach who expects a lot from his team. He demands a lot from his team, and when he doesn't get it, he's going to be pissed off. And I'll I'll be honest
1: with you, that's to me that demeanor that we saw is the demeanor of a coach that can never be satisfied. Yeah. Which for a defensive coordinator, it's good. I think that's kind of what you want out of that.
0: I agree. So So, uh, prediction time, then correct? Yeah. What do you got, man? I I know it. It probably
1: scares some state fans to hear that I just feel like it's going to be a blowout uh, because, you know, famous last words of a fool, say something like that, and then go the other direction. But I just really feel like state's going to blow them out. I don't really think it's going to be all that close. Um, I mean, Arkansas will score because, look, state is, while I think that judging by what we saw at LSU the defense is better than what we thought they're still not anywhere close to perfect they they're, they're going to have some bad moments i think so LSU will, or excuse me arkansas will get on the board uh but state's just going to get on the board a lot more uh, i will say i'll say the correct 50 i'll give them 52 i'll say 52
0: 24 we are basically the same guy here i have him 49 24 i think arkansas will score a late touchdown to make it State's going to give up points. That's just the nature of the beast. They're, they're, if, state, if State gives up less than 10 points in a game, buddy, that's going to be an 80-pointer. I mean, if, that may, if the defense is that good in a in game, that's going to be problems. I feel bad for whoever that team is. So, in this game, though, Arkansas, they just don't have the weapons. They just don't. You know, I like what I saw week one from Pittman. I think that, you know, I don't know that he can turn it around because I just don't know enough about him. But I feel like they're on a good path right this second. But today's not the day. So, 4924 Mississippi State. That's my final projection. Uh, we'll be back with you on Sunday, but before then, on Saturday, if you're in the Starkville area, tune into WKBB 100.9 FM, our Super Talk affiliate up here. I'll be hosting the Tailgate Show. Uh, that airs three hours before kickoff, so 3.30, uh, 100.9 on your FM dial. And you can hear my dulcet tones uh, as I uh, get you ready for pregame. I also spoke with uh, MSU defensive coordinator Zach Arnett. Uh, for that show, along with a replay of my interview with Andrew Hutchinson uh, of hogbeat.com. So, a lot of great information and a chance to win some free peanuts. Ooh, you like peanuts? I love peanuts. Maybe you should listen in. You can find out more details. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Hopefully, Joel and I'll be back with you on Sunday afternoon for a Victory Sunday podcast. For Joel T. Coleman, Ooh. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Ooh. on Super Talk, Mississippi. You asked better call somebody.